Monarch, Legacy of Monsters, an Apple original series. The world is on fire. I decided to do something about it. On November 17th. This place, it's not ours. Believe me. The most massive event of the year arrives. If you come with me, you'll know everything, I promise. Oh my God, go, go, go! Monarch, Legacy of Monsters. Streaming November 17th, only on Apple TV+. Level up your listening with Bose Quiet Comfort Ultra Earbuds and Headphones with immersive sound and world-class noise cancellation for a not-so-silent night. Visit Bose.com slash Spotify to shop sound that's more than a present. All right, what is going on, everyone? Casey Adams here. Welcome back to the Rise of the Young podcast. On today's episode, I am very excited to say that we have the one and only Meta World Peace on the show with us. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Meta. Man, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. Everything's really good. And I see your uh, Instagram is blowing up. So you're obviously doing something good, something that you love. And I appreciate it's it. It's good to be a, be a voice. Absolutely, man. And for everyone that's listening, man, you've had such an incredible career in the NBA with a championship title. And your story is just absolutely amazing. And the first question I want to ask you, man, because I grew up playing sports. I played hockey for 10 years and I played hockey and football. I've always had a passion for basketball as well. But when did you know that you wanted to go into the NBA? And what was your childhood like when it comes to basketball? You know, um, I knew I wanted to go to the NBA. I would say, as a child, you dream of the NBA. I didn't think I can, I didn't think I can play in the NBA. I didn't even care about the NBA, like playing in the NBA. I don't think that started to happen until I was around like 13, 14. But I always knew that, when, you know, maybe even before the ages of 13, I was like, oh, wow. Like, I might be able to play yeah. in the NBA. And, um, but I didn't believe it. I'm like, I'm not that good. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I got to be really good. So yeah. when I started to work hard and I got older, I'm like, oh, my goodness, I might have a shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was, I didn't, I didn't, I never wanted to play in the NBA. Um, you know, it was other things that I wanted to do. Both good and bad. It was a couple of things I wanted to do, good and bad. Yeah, yeah. It was more important than the NBA. Okay. Yeah. That's what's up, man. When And I, I want to just, you know, I want this conversation to be very impactful for young athletes out there. For people that want to make that decision to go to the NBA, what was your mindset like when you committed to saying, hey, I'm not sure if I can do this, but I'm going to commit to working my ass off and going to the NBA. Like, what was your mental frame of mind when you decided to make that choice? I mean, well, originally, like, you know, so, like, my, a couple of my family members that did time for, like, selling drugs, yeah. you know, they were, we were all, all in the streets, right? So it was times where I'd be in the house and, um, you know, cooking up, making the a, making a drug stretch, selling it. Um, you know, you buy it for an amount, sell it for three times the price. Yep. And then that was more, that was really intriguing. I'm like, well, I want to be a big drug dealer, you know? Um, and then when you see people dying and hey, my, my family, my cousin got beat up with a bat, really bad. And I'm like, I don't think I want to be a drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't think I want this, right? So I'm just like, and through that whole time, I'm just like, okay. I'm playing ball. I'm not that good. I'm losing a lot of games. I remember I couldn't really win at an early age. So, and then it's so basketball streets, right? So it's like, okay, 
education, I'm not that great, but I don't want to really be in the streets, so I got to work hard. But then I'm failing every class, right? So I'm not even passing, so I'm like, damn, I'm dumb, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, just keep working hard. So I started to play basketball, then I started to play other sports. And the reason I was playing football or baseball was it was time away from the neighborhood because you, if you sit in the neighborhood all day and you're not being productive, you're eventually going to get in trouble. Yeah. So it was more of a thing for me where I just play sports, sweat, um, play on an empty stomach, (laughs) play seven games on an empty stomach, eat a banana, maybe a bag of chips, play another game, (laughs) you know, drink some water from the faucet, from the, um, from the fire hydrant, (laughs) you know, um, and, and that was it. It was, it was, it was to stay positive. You know, I never had anything to do with, you know, going to the league. So, yeah, that's so cool. And going from that to, you know, 2010, winning the NBA title with Kobe on the Lakers, just your journey has been so incredible going from someone that's like, hey, maybe I want to become a drug dealer or know that life's not for me. But take us to 2010 when you won your first NBA title. What was that day like for you? You hit the buzzer beater. Kobe passed you the ball. Talk to us about that moment in that day. Yeah, amazing, man. Yeah, yeah. When you think of life, man, you think of something, you, you know, it's like anything you want in life, right? Some yeah. people grow up and they want a family. They want to be married, right? They want a dog. They want to be a scientist. Like anything you want out of your life, right? And basketball was like, for me, as I got older, I'm like, I'm pretty good now. Man, I would love to play basketball. Oh, wow. Not only would I want to play basketball and make some money, but now I would like a championship. Yeah. Right, so now if you look at my career, 2003, 2004, I was a pretty solid player. I was on my way to becoming a great player. Yep. Averaging like 23, 24 at the age of 23. Yep. Um, and, and, and then like, you know, I go through the brawl and then, you know, things change. My career takes a huge turn. Um, very similar to if you're driving a car and it's wet and your tires are slippery and you, you got to gain yep. control of the car with that being said I think winning a championship was not on my mind anymore it was like more like get stable find yourself and that was it yeah and when 2010 comes you know I'm a more stable person I'm I'm more focused on the game I'm doing better and um Kobe's there for me because I don't need to lead because you got to be to lead you got to be stable right you got to be LeBron Kawhi Dwayne Wade right I was on a level at one point in time, but I wasn't leading, right? So now you got Kobe Powell, Bynum, Fisher, Lamar, um, Sasha, Luke Walton, Coach Jackson, right? Leading and acting like, oh, wow, I can follow the lead. 2010 comes, I win a championship, major part of the championship. And wow, I got one. And then, I, and then I, when, when I thought about it, I'm like, that's how I think of my psychiatrist, think of my therapist. I'm like, oh, I did it. I, 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 I accomplished one of my goals, right? And, yeah. I mean, it's the, it was, the, it was the, one of the best feelings in the world. I should have had three championships, definitely. Two, one or two at Indiana. Maybe three if I stay at Indiana for my career. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> you know, maybe three. You know, you talk about trades. You talk about Donnie Walsh. You talk about a team that was already the best in the league. And you talk about keep you know you win and you adjust the teams you know woulda shoulda coulda 
Yep. It's a, I, I like what it should have could have sometimes. Yeah. It's okay. Hundred <laughs> percent. All right. What did that championship mean to you? Man, it meant a lot, man. It meant, it meant that the basketball gods really understood my, you know, my, my, my pain inside, which was, um, it's not, it's like, you know, pro making millions, you know, in television, everything should be perfect, but it's not right. And not only is not perfect, um, in your, in your life, but you're self-destructing. So you're, and because it's not perfect, you're, you're killing your career. You're throwing it away. You're throwing it away. Right. I don't want to throw it away, but I am throwing it away. Right. So it's like, the, I think the basketball guards were just like, son, you're throwing it away. But I understand. I understand. Cause if anybody was in my head back then, it was just like, it, it, I don't, I don't know how else to explain it. I don't know how else to explain it. You know, um, uh, I tried my best and then like, you know, to win the title, I'm like, wow, this is the best feeling outside of my kids. And you know, when you get, when you get married and different things like that, it's amazing. Damn basketball to win a championship. Yeah. I mean, I literally didn't want anything else in life after that. That's so crazy, man. I want to just address something that I know a lot of the listeners would love your opinion on and something that's a subject in 2020 that a lot of people just had to mourn over it, which was Kobe's passing. How did that affect you? And how have, how has that experience and situation taught you something? Kobe's passing, huh? Yeah. Ooh, um, that was crazy. I was I was at my house, and my wife told me, "Did you hear?" And I'm just like, "No, actually, my wife didn't tell me." I was downstairs about to make like a bowl of cereal or something, and a guy that I brought to a game, um, to meet Kobe, one of my friends, to meet Kobe, first time he ever met Kobe. Yeah. I got a ticket. I said, hey, um, I got a ticket. So let's go to the game. He calls me in the morning and says, yo, Kobe. He texts me and says, Kobe died. I never call him back. Usually I text. They meet me at the game. Yeah, yeah. What's up? How you doing? Just text. And I, I called him back and said, what? And I thought it was like a fake, you know, sometimes news just reporting people dying and stuff sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then when, when I said, then I got a, call, a text from some friends, my wife came downstairs and I, I called Kevin Garnett. I'm like, yo, is this true? I, I never called Kevin. I just, me and Kevin, the text. I said, yo, did you hear this? And he was like, yo, it's true. I said, you, you sure it's true? Yeah, it's true. And I, then, I, then I spoke to Lou Williams. And then once then Lou Williams said it's true. And, you know, like, damn. And then Lou Williams was like, damn, all the babies passed away. I'm like, oh goodness it was just non-stop right so I'm just on my couch and then I got a call that wasn't all the babies it was all the other kids one of his children and other kids I thought it was the, the baby Gigi and the and the rest of the kids so oh um then I'm like wait was Vanessa on the plane oh boy I mean on the helicopter it was crazy it was you know it was crazy I still I, I mourned you know off and on I was trying to be st- I was trying to be tough because like I know Kobe, and I'm like, how do you honor Kobe in this moment? How do you honor Kobe in this moment? So I, I, I personally feel that you honor him by staying tough. You know, you honor him. Yep. You honor him by, you know, by just being yourself and getting through it, fighting, fighting through the, um, 
the grief, fight through it, fight through it. Try not to show no emotion. Try not to show no, no pain. Get through it. And then like, that's impossible to do. So then eventually I said, okay, just let it out and whatever, you know, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. Um, and then, you know, so I was able to start becoming more emotional, which I was happy with because um, it was all bottled up. Totally. And I was so angry. I was so, I was so angry, you know, when he passed away, you know, I was just like, you know, I need to get a hold of myself. So I had to identify that I was angry, you know. Um, yep. So then, you know, just start meditating more, breathing more. And then COVID happens. Yeah. We, I didn't even finish mourning. I didn't even finish grieving. I didn't even finish. <laughs> you know, uh, COVID was super, you know, now multiple people are at risk of dying, right? So it's like, oh, whoa, switch the channel. <laughs> yeah. Switch the channel. I could die, right? Good Lord, right? So, you know, um, 2020 was an interesting year, right? Yeah. Very, very interesting year. And then, and then, uh, and then the, um, the the death on television happened, right? Yep. That you know, it, it it's, it's, it's sad to say this, but it wouldn't have been as bad if he would have got off his neck in a minute. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't think you would have seen protests, and that that sounds that's really bad. I'm not giving no advice to just lay on somebody's neck for a minute. No, no, I'm not saying that. But I'm what I'm saying is the way it happened. Um. It caused the world to to like no, this is enough. The world, the world, the world, the, yeah. the world, right? Um, and, and even before that, social injustice, COVID brought the world together on a positive note, which is really cool because you know the world was like the older people can die, right? Yeah. So the world said, stay in the house because we know we got a chance to survive. But the people in the nursing homes that's on the deathbed, people at hospices, your grandparents, that's who we're fighting for. And, and, and nobody was saying we're fighting for the black parents, the, our Indian parents, our white grandparents. We were right. People were just like, protect the older people. That's why you stay in the house. That's why you stay in the house. That was, the, that was an amazing thing, right? You seen the world come together, right? Um, and then the world came together on more on a negative note with the social injustice. Right, so and then the world came together when Kobe passed. Right, it's like it's just like this is unbelievable moments this year. Yeah, you said what? I said there's been a lot of like big moments this year that have brought people together, positive, negative, all together. But I do want to I want to touch on something too that you know that changes the subject a bit about the projects that you're working on because I know that you have some cool things that you've been working on that can really be a positive impact to athletes yes. all over. So I'd love for you to touch on what you're working on and what it means to you and how people can get involved. Yeah, man. So like my projects is great. So um, it's been tough because so COVID happens and my basketball project X versus X sports was, it was dependent on people being together so I can help yeah. you find basketball games. Right. So COVID happens and it's like, Whoa. Yep. So even before that I was already focusing on turning athletes into digital assets, not even just professional athletes, any person that wants to play. So that's, our, that's one of our goals and um, turn athletes into digital assets. So we was already going down that path. Luckily I was already going down that path and I was able to say, okay, we don't know how long people are going to be not be able to play 
always going to be rules. So um, X versus X Sports is, you know, want to help you find basketball games. And also we want you to have a good experience. So, you know, we have different uh, features where it's going to be engaging, whether you can play basketball or not. I think, I think basketball players would be really, really happy with the product. So um, we've, we've been, um, we raised some money, you know, on the business side, raised some money. We got influencers involved. We're in beta right now. So um, I'm really excited about it. I, I still think it's an opportunity to service basketball players, totally. uh, even if we have issues or even if we go through a second wave, what if we go through a second wave of COVID? Yeah. Right. So what, what does a basketball player do at that time? Right. And I'm, that's what I think about a lot. Like, how do you keep a basketball player active yep. uh, and, 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 and uh, emotionally happy, you know, through this time? So that's what Experts X Sports app is about. And uh, it's out. <laughs> uh, we're in beta. We, we have an invite code. Um, okay. And, and you know, it's basically uh, 24 to 37 for three. Yeah, we give it out, but we don't we, – we, we ask people – um, if you tell people about the app, only tell a couple people. Yeah. We don't want a lot of people on the app right now. Keep it low so, key. I mean, I'm Martin. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're keeping it low key. I love it. Low key, yeah. Very cool. So talk to me about your transition from basketball, you know, now that you're building these apps and you have these different businesses. I, mean, I think that's a topic that as someone that grew up as an af- athlete, nothing professional, but it's like, okay, what is that transition like mentally, right? When you step off the, when you step off the court, where does your mind go? How do you think? What's your daily habits? And what was that transition like for you? So I played 18 years pro. Yep. Right? They say 16 years, but the one year I got suspended, I was still a hell of a player. So I count that year. That's 17. And then the year I went overseas, that was not my fault. That was the teams didn't want me, but I was good enough to play. So that's another one. Then I came back for two years, right? I played, yeah. um, so when I, when I officially had no more opportunities to play in the NBA, but I was good enough. <laughs> but they just said, yeah, we don't want you. So it was shocking. I'm like, what am I going to do with the rest of my life? Because right? I want to play. I want to finish playing basketball. 20, I want to I do 20 years. That was my goal. I wasn't thinking about anything else, right? So when they, when they said no more, I'm like, darn it. I was, I was very nervous. It was very scary. Um, just because, you know, you do something for 18 years, you're used to a schedule. So I said, okay. I was really sad that day. I woke up the next day. I just said, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to call UCLA up. And I said, I'm applying for digital analytics, uh, social media, um, digital analytics, social media. And then at Irvine on Saturdays, I was doing business analytics. Very cool. So I said, you know, I was either going to go get my Series 7 or I was going to get into digital marketing. Now, I knew about the um, the licenses on the finance side. Yeah. Um, and, I, you know, I knew I can get it because I just study, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then I said, you know, I had to pick one. So I started studying for the Series 7. And I also started to attend classes. And I said, whatever I have the most uh, endurance mentally for, I'm going to do. And whatever I love. So I stayed in digital marketing and that led to other things. You know, so I'm not hands-on. I mean, I can work a few things. I can do a little, some, some Google ads and yeah. I can do a little bit, but it's a lot, right? <laughs> so yeah. I'm not going to do everything, but that's what I've been doing for the last like four or five years. That's tight. You know, um, well, like your, your drive to continue to learn and grow. I mean, as, as an athlete, as a champion, that just shows, you know, your mindset on how you live your life. So, 
speaking of digital advertising and just everything you've transitioned to, do you have any daily rituals or daily habits that you have continued to do throughout your journey? No. No? <laughs> no. Yeah, honestly. Okay. That's tight. I, I don't have any, right? I mean, I used to, but now, you know, I'm just like, wake up, open that laptop, and start connecting the dots, you yeah. know? <laughs> I'm using so many different products now. I'm, I'm using Clavio. Yep. I'm using, um, which is like MailChimp, but a little bit, you know, uh, more advanced. I use a Segment, which is a great data product. I use yep. Airtable. I use CRMs. I use, um, you know, every, a lot of products. And yeah. Obviously totally. Slack and Trust. So, I mean, every day is like, and, and I got to onboard new people that might not know how to use these products, right? So wake up and, and do that and, you know, try to, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, build your team. Yep. So like, I mean, and, 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 I, and I like to talk about it because it's, like, it's really interesting. You know, it's really interesting. Like as an athlete, that you, you really can do something else. You really can reinvent yourself. Totally. You know, I, I even got rid of my, I got rid of my Instagram, my Twitter for a long time. I said, I'm wow. only focused on this. I'm not posting. And that's why I only have a hundred thousand followers. Cause you know, I, you know, I just wiped them out. And Instagram, you don't get your followers back. Twitter, you get your followers back. Yeah. You deleted your Instagram? Yeah, I deleted my Instagram. Way back in the day? How long ago? Three, four years ago. Wow, so you just went off the grid. Actually, longer than that. A long time ago. Yeah, yeah, I went off the grid. You know, no no influencing, no interviews. No, I don't don't want to be on Fox Sports. (laughs) Because it it was so hard. And the crazy thing was, when I launched my company, I was in startup. So when you're doing a startup, you you have more time to have other ideas. But once that company launches, oh my goodness, I had to get rid of a bunch of shit. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you know, once the company launches, you gotta, I gotta, I had to really zone in and lock in. So yeah. you know, that, that that's kind of what I've been doing. Um, you know, and we'll see. That's, no, that's super cool, man. What would you say has been the biggest lesson you've learned when it comes to launching businesses that you'd want to tell a young entrepreneur? I would say um, breathe, (laughs) man, um, because ups and downs. When you're launching your business, right, it's only you. So you got to do everything, right? Um, And then when you're launching a business, you're like, should I really launch this business or should I launch this other one or this other one? You might have 10 ideas. Yep. So now you're going, so you're moving all 10 together. You're getting some feelers to see what's working. Yeah. People saying you're doing too much, right? You, yeah. you, 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 you becoming discouraged, yeah. right? You don't have any capital. You don't want to use your own money. Some people don't even have the money. So now you're like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? You don't know how to use product. You don't know how to use Google Docs. Don't know how to use Google Slides or PowerPoint. Oh my God, what are you going to do? Yeah. Right? Um, so I was, that was me, you know? And it's like, fight, fight. And then like, I was fighting so hard where sometimes you can just push. It's like trying to push a brick wall. Yeah. You cannot push it down. So take a step back, try to, you know, how can we get around the wall without trying to push it down, right? Yep. That's patience, right? So I would say like patience, um, Look at look on YouTube. So many, so many great people on YouTube giving you advice, you know, on critical thinking and different things like that. You know, try to try to absorb as much as you can. There's a lot of people that are doing uh, things with social impact on social media on YouTube. So take advantage of it, and um, 
And some people can get caught in the rabbit hole. So, you know, 10, five years, 10 years, just doing a startup and you don't got no capital for yourself. So do you have another job? Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't, you got to have another job. Like you make sure you have another job, some income. So, so you can eat, you know, so, so, so you don't have to give up on your dream because if you keep going without a job, then you're going to have to get a job and then you're going to have, you can't do, you can't pursue your dreams anymore. Right. So if you can, please have a, please have some income coming in, you know, so you can survive. Yeah. What, um, what I would say, what did you learn from sports that you've applied to business today? Man, great question, man. The defense. And you want to know what's crazy? For me, it was when I would, when I was young, I couldn't really win games. So I had to win with hustle. When I got to the NBA, sometimes I say, I'm not going to score today. I'm just going to be the best player on the floor without scoring a point and without getting rebounds and be the best player on the floor. Okay. Right. Um, and I would do that a lot. Right. Um, just control the game. <laughs> you know, um, so I said, I'm going to apply that. I, I have to apply that. Right. So it's like, what did I do when I was trying to be a defender? I wasn't just, I, I didn't just pop up, you know, on the Indiana pace of floor and just, you know, this guy's an amazing defender. I worked at it in the summertime, you know, no ball, no ball for the first 45 minutes, just running and sliding and that. And then that helped me become a great defensive player. I was not rocket science. So I was like, do that, you know, focus on the fundamentals. And so I tried to apply that. And how do you apply that, you know, to what you're doing now? Just start, <laughs> start <Yeah>. somewhere, <laughs> you know. So I even took coding class, you know, I'm doing an application website. Yep. Who's going who's to design it? Who's going to pay for all this, right? So I got to learn it. And then now when, I, when you learn it, you're, you're able to talk to the developers. You're able to talk to the marketers and say, I just need this. I just need that, you know? Yeah. Um, and and, and your, your cost starts to go down, which is a huge part of a startup. You know, the cost, because you can just get, you know, you can just be throwing tons of money away. So it's been, it's been, it's been a hell of an experience. Um, like I said, I tell people all the time, what I'm doing, people don't need. People need medicine. You don't need a new app. You yeah. can live your life <laughs> happily without my company. Yeah. Right. But I'm doing this because, you know, this is something I feel like I want to do and I'm happy. I love basketball, and, you know, and um, different things like that. Yeah. If you had to summarize what you learned from playing in the NBA or just playing professionally for 18 years, what lessons did you take away from the 18 years? Man, that's a good question, man. Lesson, the lesson I learned was don't throw it away. Like, every time I speak, it's not – this is not how I would have wanted to be speaking to someone, you know, 20 years later from when I came, like 1999. Yeah. 21 years later. I, I would have preferred to be speaking like I had a great career. A lot of defensive players, yeah, trophy. I'm looking forward to next season. Um, yeah, I had a great you – know, I really enjoyed playing with Yao Ming – you know, and I, I got, well, actually, no, I really enjoyed playing with Jermaine O'Neal and Steve Jackson for 20 years. And we got three rings and things as well. I'm just really happy. I would have loved to be that typical, you know, Tim Duncan, Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's ideal. This is not, I, this is not what I want to be talking about, but I, I give the stories. Yeah. You know, I always got to give the story because it's my life, you know, um, you know, so it's okay. It's okay. You know, um, but yeah, you know, um, you know, I had a long, long journey. Yeah. Um, it was great, man. I don't know. It was great. What was your question again? Yeah, just like the biggest lesson from playing in the NBA. Biggest lesson, yeah. yeah. The biggest lesson is don't self-destruct. 
You know, I remember at a time where I just told myself, like, I don't want it, and I'm throwing it away. Like, I'm like, F this. I don't care if I get suspended. I don't care if I don't make the maximum amount of dollars. I went from getting a max contract with Donnie Walsh to being offered $3 million a year, which is a lot of money. <laughs> I mean, so for, we, on a, for NBA players, it's not a lot of money. It's yeah. not a lot. Yeah, <laughs> but for me personally, that's a lot of freaking money, yeah. right? So, so Donnie Wells is like anything, any any team offer you, any amount that any team offer you, I'm gonna I'm gonna match it, right? Yep. Then I get in trouble. They speak to my agent. My agent calls me back and says, "Hey, um, they're not gonna offer you what you wanted. They're gonna offer you three million dollars a year." I'm like, "Oh my goodness, I'm fucking throwing it away." My first contract. Mm. Right? Three million a year for the best defensive player. Yeah. So self-destruction, right? Don't self-destruct as a player. Sometimes we are, you know, we wanna just let things out. And what happens is you hurt yourself. Right? That's the biggest lesson I always tell people. At the end of your career, I got everything I've been through, people don't even know how good I was. I got um all star. 13 all NBA. This is all young. This is when I was young. Um, defensive player of the year, two time first team, two time second team, um, champion. I probably got something else up in there somewhere. Um, now imagine, right? Imagine if I was able, what if, what it should have could have. That's why I'm a big what it should have could have because what it should have could is real for me. Yeah. It's real for me. So I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I'm 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 very comfortable with what it should have could have, and I like thinking about it. Just give me one more defensive player of the year trophy. Give me one more. Yep. Give me one more All Star. The year I got suspended, we all know that was my All Star year. That would have been two. Yep. Right, and then and then I made you know 13 more NBA the year before that. Come on, that would been. I was averaging 18 when I when I was on 13 more NBA. Now I'm averaging 25. This is first team All NBA. Yeah. Absolutely. Don't throw it away. Like I talk it to myself, but I always tell other people because you see people going through it now. I see athletes, and I'm like, man, please, please, please don't throw it away. Please don't self destruct. Please don't self destruct. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I want to. I have two more questions before we wrap up. One of them being, for athletes out out there that are listening to this, what's your advice to them as they're starting their career, whether that's a high school athlete or a college athlete? What do you tell someone that wants to become a pro? you know, that, that you'd say, Hey, look out for this or be cautious of this before you pursue this career. I mean, one thing I would say is, you know, if you got any close family members, you want to take them on a journey. You don't want to spoon feed them, but you do want to teach them how to fish and you want to take them on that journey and teach them what's going to happen because you're going to have other opportunities 20 years in, you're going to want your family members to know how to help you. Yeah. So take your family with you. Take your brother, your sister, your mama, your daddy. Take them on a real journey with you. Bring them in the meetings and teach them. You know, I think that's really important um, because sometimes you often give your family a house or car or money and they don't really learn. So take them on an education journey with you because it's going to be a long journey. You know, it's going, and that's what I, that's something that I always uh, try to tell your athletes. Even I have my own business management company also. We got athletes. We got some of the highest paid athletes in the sport. I mean, in sports, 
Yeah. My business management company is called Intrinsic. It's on artistmanagementgroup.com. And you go down to my investments, you look at Intrinsic and you see. But, you know, um, and, and, and uh, the reason I was, I started, the reason I invested in that company was because I, I remember when I was young and I, I didn't really have um, anybody I could relate to that I would listen to. Right? Totally. So I try to, I try my best to, at least I don't focus on finance. Like I said, I started because I thought I wanted to be in it, but I'm not in it no more. Yep. still have the company, but it's there. You know, if I had to lose me, anything is there. Love that. Last question before we wrap it up. And it's something that there's a lot of 18 to 25 year old entrepreneurs that are listening to this. If you were to give your 18 year old self a piece of advice business wise with what you know now, what would that be? Man, <laughs> keep all the cards you get. Don't throw the cards away. You know, um, build your relationships now. That's important. Really build your relationships now. Um, ideas take a long time to simmer and to blossom. I'm saying that maybe at minimum four years, unless you're a genius, it's going to take you a while. Yeah. So have patience. Relationships will help you get a long way. Um, some people protect their ideas a lot because they don't want somebody else to steal their ideas. And I mean, you can try that if you want. I think some ideas you want to protect, but you want to collaborate. Yeah. I would advise you to collaborate. The more you collaborate, you're going to meet other people. You're going to get other ideas. Yep. You know, so be very collaborative. Um, be patient. Be resilient and, and set goals. People, it's crazy how people tell you things when you're young and you don't listen. They say uh, basketball could take you a long way. They say um, you know keep, keep your relationship or, or set goals. Like what? No, I don't need to set goals. I'm 20 years old. That's what I'm set a goal for. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But when you set goals, and if you reach the goals, you can milestones. Then you can say, okay, I'll set the next milestone. Yep. If you don't reach the milestone, you don't reach the goals. Then you can tell you can ask yourself what happened. Why didn't I reach these goals? What could I have done better? Mark that down as a failure, and it's okay, right? So set the goals on what you want for your company, and when you want to reach, you know, your long-term goal and your short-term goals, and then try to and try to meet them. Try never to be late on a due date on a deadline. Never be late. Meet your goals, no matter what the goal is. Um, by any means necessary, like try to reach it, right? And that's what I would, uh, yeah, that's my advice for a young entrepreneur. And good luck, too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Meta, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show today. Last thing, where is the best place that everyone can stay up to date with everything you have going on? Man, thank you. Um, artestmanagementgroup.com. Uh, definitely follow me there. Subscribe also. Uh, you know, subscribe to the newsletter. Yep. That's like you know, overall what I'm doing in my life. And then obviously, um, uh, follow me on X versus X Sports. Download the app and follow me. Uh, whether you're a player or a sports enthusiast, it's a platform for you. Um, and it's great being on your show. Thank, thanks for having me, by the way, also. You have a big platform and you're growing. You're going to continue to grow. So this is an honor to be on your platform. I appreciate it, Meta. Thanks so much. Thank you. Monarch Legacy of Monsters, an Apple original series. The world is on fire. I decided to do something about it. On November 17th. This place, it's not ours. Believe me. The most massive event of the year arrives. If 
you come with me, you'll know everything, I promise. Oh, my God, yo, yo, yo! Monarch, Legacy of Monsters. Streaming November 17th, only on Apple TV+. Plus.